0: Hi, I'm Pastor Jason from Yokohama Baptist Church, and this is a sermon recorded at one of our Sunday morning services. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged by this message and that it draws you closer to God. Enjoy. All righty. You know, in modern crime fighting, there are lots of different uh, types of evidence that are used. There are documents, you know, like emails and letters and financial accounts. There are phone records, voicemails and texts. There's computer and other electronic data. And the one we see a lot of on the TV nowadays is the forensic evidence, you know, like blood and chemical analysis, fingerprints and, of course, DNA. Now, how many of those methods of investigation do you think might have been available a couple of thousand years ago? Probably none of them. But there are two types of evidence that were used way back when and they're still used today. And that's questioning suspects and obtaining eyewitness testimony. You know, the first use of a suspect interrogation occurs right at the beginning of the Bible in the Garden of Eden. After Adam and Eve ate from the only tree that they'd been forbidden from eating, God challenged them about what they'd done. And, of course, they did what um, every other suspect does uh, in, at, at that time. They blamed each other. Oh, she made me do it. Right. Now, the first use of forensics came a little bit later when one of Adam and Eve's children uh, killed his brother. And God comes up to him and he says, your brother's, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So there you go, we've got forensic techniques right at the beginning of creation, which I think is pretty cool. Now, if we move forward to about three and a half thousand years ago, uh, Moses put into writing the laws that the people of Israel still follow today. And the opening introduction of that law, you might have heard of, it's called the Ten Commandments. And the Ninth Commandment is this. You shall not give false testimony. It was so important because basically testimony was really the only evidence they had to go by. It was so important that Moses put it in the introduction to the law. And so important was it that in fact if someone did give false testimony, we read that they should do to the false witness what was going to happen to the person who'd been accused. So if you've been accused of murder and you were going to die, if that was a false witness, the false witness would die. And to ensure that a person wasn't condemned falsely, Moses added into the law that one witness is not enough. One witness is not enough to convict anyone accused of any crime or offence, but a matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So in a time before common uh, law, law investigation techniques were available, witness testimony was the most important form of evidence and it's still important today. You know, testimony, testimony is a powerful thing. If you pick up any um, things like a, like a newspaper like The Advocate, which you've got out there, if you wanted to grab one of those. Or you pick something like a creation magazine or or any other publication. If you were to look at the, um, the West Australian newspaper, whenever they report on something, they all like to rely on eyewitnesses. These kind of magazines and papers are full of testimonies. They're full of stories of what happened in people's lives. Testimonies can be powerful things. And of course, if you're reporting the news, it's even more important that you get witnesses to back up your reporting. And part of the reason the testimony is so powerful is that anyone can argue about belief. Anyone can say, oh, I'm not quite convinced the Scripture says that. I think the Scripture says something else. You can make those arguments all you like. But it's very hard to attack someone's actual experience, if they have actually experienced God. And that's what we call giving a testimony or giving witness uh, in the church. Um, There's a guy who wrote this book, uh, his name's James Stewart, and he wrote, it's called A Faith to Proclaim. And he referred to Paul's letter to the Galatians. And Paul said this, I've been crucified with Christ, so it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this is what Stuart says about it. To be thus taken command of so that our testimony when we go out to speak of Christ is not ours at all but it's Christ's self-testimony. This is our vocation and the hope of our ministry. And so my point here for my first point this morning is directed at people that are already believers. If you already follow Christ share your testimony. The best way To show somebody what it means to follow Christ is not to preach at them. It's not to read the Bible at them, but share what God has done in your life, your testimony, your witness. Now, because the law requires two or three witnesses, I'm going to now turn to some of the witnesses to Jesus uh, and invite you to follow along with me here. Um, Two or three, or maybe a few more. Firstly, even before Jesus was born people started to witness to who he was. You know, the first people to testify about Jesus weren't even Jews. They weren't Christians. They were people who lived in Persia, hundreds of kilometers away from Jerusalem. And they had been waiting for a sign in the stars. And when they saw that sign, they knew that the new king of Israel had arrived. And they'd been following this star and they saw it rise for about two years. And it says in the scripture that they turned up to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is the king of the Jews? Because we saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. So the first witnesses to Jesus began their witness two years before he was born. Now following them, there were some shepherds out in the field. And they were the guys looking after the sheep that were going to be used in the temple sacrifices. And we read this about them. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. And these shepherds raced off to meet the new king. And afterwards, they bore witness to everything that they had seen and experienced. Well, if we jump forward in time, about 30 years, we find a guy called John the Baptist. And he was a witness. You see, the scripture had prophesied hundreds of years earlier that before the Messiah would turn up on the scene, there would be a forerunner. There would be a witness who would come and say, here he is, the Messiah is about to come. And so we read in the book of John that there was a a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, that is, Jesus, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. You know, when John turned up, uh, everyone was just amazed at this guy. They could see something special. They could see the power of God in his life. And people were coming to him in their thousands to repent and to be baptised. Some of them even thought John might be the Messiah. But John says, I am not the Messiah. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. I baptise you with water, but there's one coming after you, after me, whose straps of whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. And then the next day when Jesus appeared on the scene, John turns to everyone and says, Look, there he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The reason I came baptizing with water was so that he might be revealed. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit of heaven come down like a dove and remain on him. At first I didn't know him, but the one who sent me, he's talking about God, the, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I've seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Our next witness is another John, this time John the Apostle. Now you might have heard that John's one of four Gospels, and you think, oh, what does gospel mean? Gospel is just a word that means good news, uh, and because the first four books tell the story of the coming of Jesus, they're called the Gospel, the good news. And the Gospels contain eyewitness accounts of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Am I up there? Yep. When you bear in mind that most of the hundreds of people that they talk about in these Gospels were still alive when they were, when they were published, you realise then we don't actually just have four Gospels. We don't just have four witnesses. We actually have hundreds, perhaps thousands of witnesses portrayed in the Gospels. You know, John finished his, uh, his Gospel with these words. Jesus performed many signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. And we know that his testimony is true. The next witness we have is the Apostle Paul. A few years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, the new church was growing, and it was just growing out of control. People were responding uh, to to the, the thousands of people that were boring witness to the life of Jesus. There had been hundreds of people that had witnessed Jesus after he rose from the dead. And so people started to respond, and the church started to grow. But the religious leaders hated this, It was a challenge to their authority. And they tried to crush this new church. Especially a guy by the name of Saul. Now Saul was a Pharisee. So he was one of the religious elite. One of the religious rulers. And he went around arresting. He went around beating. He went around putting people into prison. Just for proclaiming the name of Jesus. Until one day... The Lord Jesus himself appeared and spoke to Saul. And he changed and just transformed his life. This man, now called Paul, went on to become Christianity's greatest evangelist, their greatest missionary. He planted dozens of churches all around the world. And he wrote many of the letters that now make up uh, what is our New Testament Bible. Now Leanne read to us Paul's testimony Just a little earlier. Paul describes himself as a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man, the worst of sinners. And Paul uses his testimony to show that God has the power to transform anyone's life, even the absolute worst of people. No matter how far away you think you are from God... God can transform your life. Next we have the witness of Christians through the ages. You know, for 2,000 years now, Christians from all walks of life have borne witness, have said, given their testimony about the transforming power of Jesus in their life. You know, I have friends who have come out of... Things like alcoholism and drug addiction. People who would describe themselves as just terrible, the worst of sinners. And you look at them today and you go, wow, what wonderful people. I can't believe you used to be like that. That's because of the power and transformation of Jesus. Thieves and murderers in prison. You know, Even people who think, oh, I'm living a kind of a good life, what do I need God for? Even these people find themselves completely transformed by the power of God. So you can talk to any member of this church. Uh, You can talk to anyone who might be a visitor here today from another church. And they will all be able to share the same testimony that God has transformed their life. You know, we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different experiences. The way we came to Christ might be quite different to the person next to us but we can all testify to the saving power of God. And then finally, we have this guy. We have Shane. Today he's come to testify to the power of God in his life. Through the waters of baptism and the words of his testimony, I want to give you Shane's witness to God's amazing power. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those that have donated to us online, enabling us to continue our ministry to the local community and beyond. It's because of you that our ministry is possible. Click the link in the description or visit yokinebaptist.church to find out other ways you can support us. If you enjoyed listening to this message, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.